The following encore presentation of Travel Michigan is in commemoration of the life of WJR's own Frank Beckman. Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Today, a special program. You know the voice. You've heard him give play-by-play for the Tigers, the Red Wings, the Pistons, the Lions, and the Wolverines. You might not know that he's one of the few people who has actually branded himself literally Pure Michigan. That's how much he loves the state of Michigan. And today, upon the retirement of longtime radio host Frank Beckman, we talk about some of his memories of traveling Michigan, and we'll get his suggestions for places that you should visit. We travel Michigan next with Frank Beckman, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. The following encore presentation of Travel Michigan is in commemoration of the life of WJR's own Frank Beckman. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Good to be back again with you this week as we explore the great state of Michigan. We're going to do it in a different way this week uh, because I'm sure you heard the great radio broadcaster Frank Beckman has retired after 40 eight years of broadcasting right here in the great state of Michigan. All of that on one radio station, which I can't tell you how unusual and unique that is. I have known so many broadcasters over the years, and I actually don't know of any who have stayed in one place all that time. So, Frank Beckman, it's good to have you on the program. Seriously, do you know anybody who stayed in a station as long as you have? Yeah, I, I fooled them for a lot of years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it is kind of funny because um, you, you and you've told me the story how you started out at WJR in Detroit uh, many years ago. You you came to them as a, a young guy. Uh, tell us that story. How did you end up here? I was just a young news reporter who had started his career at Alpena, and uh, you know uh, the the man who was the morning voice of our radio station, which was W-A-T-Z. There's a little a white building on a hill in Alpena, yeah. and we called it the White House on the Hill, where W-A-T-Z was. And the morning man, uh, when I did the news then, I was newsman, uh, but the morning guy on the station was none other than Rich Fisher. Remember him? And I don't know if I remember Rich. Rich Fisher was an anchor on TV news in Detroit, Channel oh, 2, wow. Channel 7. He was all over the place, and uh, sadly, he's no longer with us. But we uh, we had so much fun, and uh, having having Rich across from me was, well, he, he set me up for the business to expect anything at any time. I'll never forget the morning that he stood up, and, and I'm in one booth, he's in the next one, in the main studio. And he had a, a sort of a, uh, a chair that rev- you could revolve, okay? Yeah. And so he climbed up on the revolving chair, and I'm doing the news, and he decides he's going to drop his pants while I'm doing the news. True story. <laughs> well, see, this is a little secret about radio, folks. Uh, this is actually a, a pretty standard introduction to radio for young radio people. There's always some kind of prank like that. Exactly. I, I know when I started many, many years ago, something like that happened where somebody burned my copy as I was reading it, lit it on fire. Oh, wow. You know, I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, so I, that that. That's something else. And you know what the big business was? The big uh, enterprise in uh, Alpena at the time, the mm. biggest job provider, was a company called the, and I'll let you use your imagination on this one, 
The Abitibi Paper Company. Uh, Abitibi. Abitibi. Paper. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, so so who'd have thought, uh, you know, 48, more than 48 years later, because yeah. that was when? That was back in the late 60s, yeah. So wow. it was it was a quite a way to start and then move your way up to Pontiac and WKNR in Dearborn. I was on for a while. They had a great news department back then that helped uh, train me under the likes of the great Vince Wade. And uh, then eventually I got the job at WJR in 1972. Dave White hired me at the princely sum of $12,500 a year, Dave. Actually, that was pretty good money back then. It wasn't bad. You know, you. you know, that, those were the days when, um, kind of like the travel industry today, where you could start out a uh, part-timer at a radio station, end up owning it. Pretty much. You know, where that's actually the story of the travel industry today. Um, travel industry is a great uh, career path, and you can start out uh, making beds or cleaning dishes and end up owning companies as you learn along the way. So you've certainly done well. You've, you've traveled the state. You've, um, you've, you've been the voice of, of all these sports franchises over the years. It, 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 uh, it must have been quite a career. And we're going to talk to you today during the program, uh, kind of get your thoughts about um, those days and on, on doing those sports broadcasts, for instance, uh, some of the people you met along the way, the places that, that you visited along the way as well, and uh, get an idea of, of how that really was for you over those, those years. Um, you ended up being a, a full-time talk show host. When did you start that? That would have been uh, back uh, about 19, we, let's see, 18 years in 1990. Was that our first show? No, no, the first show was 2003. I'm sorry. 2003. Yeah, it was, it was February 1st, 2003 when we started the show. Yeah. And so during that time, I know you've talked to a gazillion people in the travel industry because you've been such a great supporter of the Pure Michigan brand and, and travel and such. And, and you know, our, our colleagues out there are so appreciative of what you've done over the years. Um, it's, Believe me, it's in, I've, I've gotten so much enjoyment from uh, what they provide for us here in Michigan in the travel industry, whether it be a hotel, a restaurant, a golf course, you name it, uh, a ski slope. We, we've got it all here in this state, and it's, a, it's 12 months a year we've got it. And I just I appreciate what the industry has really done for me and for all of the people who live here, giving us a, a much richer lifestyle. Yeah, well, it, the neat thing about your, your career path, because you've been in Detroit at, at the, the great voice of the Great Lakes for so long, that you have talked to so many people, and, you, and you've been to so many places. So we're going to kind of visit some of those on today's program. Uh, we're also going to uh, find out uh, where you hope to visit uh, in retirement, and I know you're going to be spending a lot of time at the golf course. You actually, upon your retirement, uh, received uh, quite a nice gift from the Boyne family, a lifetime membership uh, with the, uh, the Boyne uh, uh, folks. So something tells me I'm going to see uh, pictures on Facebook with you golfing at Boyne very often over the, uh, the next uh, several years, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I want to be like that bad cold you can't get rid of. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to be. So, uh, folks, if you're out golfing, uh, you're going to be seeing Frank Beckman quite a bit. Uh, so stick around the program today to get an idea. But not just golfing. I, no, lo I love true. walking the beaches looking for Petoskey Stones here in the northern reaches of Michigan along, along Lake Michigan. I, I love all these little things that we have. Go to Mackinac Island and walk the whole island, you know, and, uh, and have to finish it with your shoes off because of some problems that you had you you're in your bare feet i've done that before and well, just all these these great great things that have popped up along the way and there, there are two two ways you can look at it you know that uh, well that's an impediment you 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 know you don't have your shoes and your socks are torn you're walking your bare feet on mackin island or you can say 
hey, I walk back on that's with right. my bare feet. That's that's the thing. And that's the unique thing because, as you mentioned, we're a four-season destination. Twelve months out of the year, you can do exciting, fun, different things. And we're going to find out what you're going to be doing next. So stick around right here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. The following encore presentation of Travel Michigan is in commemoration of the life of WJR's own Frank Beckman. It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Today we're talking to legendary broadcaster Frank Beckman upon his retirement. Uh, he's going to be out there uh, visiting various places around the state. Frank, I, I know you, of course, because you spent so many years in Detroit, uh, there's got to be some uh, special things and places that you like to visit along the way in the Detroit area. I want to get your thoughts about that. What are some of the places that, that you really like in the kind of the Detroit region? And things you like to do in this area? Well, it's you know it's interesting you'd ask that right now because I just uh, saw the story the other day about the reopening of a place that I used to hang out uh, a, a lot, especially when I was doing sports and and went there with athletes, with fellow broadcasters, with news uh, reporters from the papers, and and that's the Anchor Bar. Oh, nice! Which was started by Leo Derderian, all those the late Leo Derderian so many years ago, and then his son Vaughn took over Vaughn Derderian, and he became one of my very best friends, and we just had uh, you know so many memorable moments there and uh, the last time I was there I was just amazed they still have a picture on the wall of me and Larry Sorensen together from our, our days of broadcasting yeah. Tigers baseball. Right. Right up there on the wall. And I was just blown away. But it's been a while. Was that like a hangout after Tigers games? Oh, you betcha. That was a hangout period. And then, you know, make sure that you controlled yourself so that you could drive home safely. That yeah. Was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. So what are some of the places that uh, that you like to eat in the area that uh, people might want to check out? Oh, man, where do I start? You know, I guess uh, with Joe Vicari's places, uh, mm -hmm. I, there's, there's, you know, the spot... It's, it's so ironic as I think back on it now because uh, Joe Vicari's got a, a wonderful restaurant at 15 Mile and Telegraph Road. And that was, of course, the spot of uh, Marcus Red Fox, where Jimmy Hoffa disappeared right. when, he was, when he was waiting for a ride. And, uh, you know, that was one of the stories that really made my career, covering that story with my, my late great friend Rod Hansen. And uh, so I, every time I drive by there now, every time I go to Vicari's restaurant at that corner, I think about what that location, uh, how that location really impacted everything that's happened to me in my career since. And well, you, it's amazing. You well, you think about some of the great Italian restaurants in the area, Roma's, of course. Oh, yeah. uh, I used to... The Roma Cafe. It was a fantastic place. Red Wings players used to hang out there quite a bit. Uh, I don't know if, you know, if that, if that where they hang out these days. Uh, Tony's, a lot of great places. Any others that you like to go to? Oh, man, you know, uh, I just, I, I just like every kind of food. I, I love eating, you know, at a, uh, uh, at a, at a fast food restaurant even, you know, or, uh, you know, you go to, uh, what's the place that, uh, the pizza place inside uh, Somerset? Mm, you know, I know what you mean. Right now? Yeah. Yeah. And the name's just uh, escaping me. Yeah, yeah. One of those moments. Yeah. But... Uh, I, I just, uh, I love little places like that. I don't have to be a fancy dinner guy. I've never yep. been one of the people where you'd say, oh, he's going to sit down and have this, uh, you know, five-star meal. And uh, I, I was never like that, although I enjoyed it when, when I did uh, experience it. Well, but people, I've, I've been just a regular mom-and-pop uh, type uh, restaurant patron for as long as I can remember. I, I'm there with you. Well, you think about how Detroit has changed in the years that, that you've been in Detroit uh, all these years and uh, certainly has, has had its ups and downs. 
downs, certainly on an up now, even after COVID. I mean, you look at how Detroit has grown and all these various places yeah. have changed. Well, you know, yeah. David, I grew up on the east side of Detroit on Westphalia, 17204 Westphalia. And uh, some years later, I went back there. It was a few years ago, not, not that long ago, mm -hmm. but a few years ago, drove back down there and the house is now gone. And it was just heartbreaking, you know, yeah. because this was the neighborhood where, where I hung out, where I played, where I, you know, climbed up on the garage and jumped off the roof playing Superman, you know, and uh, little things like that. Uh, played well, played football, tackle football in the backyard and tried not to bang my head on the clothes pole, you know. <laughs> well, that, you know, that was the story of Detroit, you know, this, this boom town that was disintegrating over the years. And then look what's happened this last, what, 15, 20 years? Exactly. It's pretty amazing how Detroit has come back and what a cool place it is today to go to. And if you were just thinking of places like the Greek town area, uh, well. that's a great entertaining area. Yeah, a place i got to get back to now. I haven't been down there in, in quite a while, and I'd love to get back to Greektown. It's, mm. it's where I'd love to hang out with, uh, as well. Great food down there, obviously. And, uh, you know, Detroit's got so many hidden treasures. It really does. Yeah. So many small business owners that really uh, go along with the big restaurants to make it what it is. And and all those, you, you couldn't survive without those small businesses. Well, you know? and, 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 you know, the the people who over the years have have really invested in Detroit, like the Illich family, like uh, Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert, right. Um, uh, Carmanos, uh, who I know, you, you know, and uh, they've done so much. You think about if you were just to think about like the Campus Martius area and how that has developed in that area. It's a cool place to visit. And it's literally the center of the city, so yeah. to speak. And, and you know what? We're so lucky that we've had forward-thinking, I'll call them leaders because mm -hmm. that's what they are, who uh, who realize that if, if they're going to succeed in business, mm -hmm. they know this, that Detroit has to succeed as a city. And uh, I think they've embraced that, that uh, attitude and done everything they can to make sure that Detroit succeeds because now everybody is going to be better off, including those so-called big money uh, restaurant and business owners. Yeah, you've spent so much time in the, the, the Golden Tower of the Fisher Building in the, what they call the news center area of mm -hmm. Detroit. Uh, but downtown um, has had all this kind of resurgence of development and activity. The, the riverfront, uh, have you spent much time in that area? I've been down there too. We've uh, we've done shows from down there at uh, at Rensen and uh, and GM headquarters and uh, you know I've I've been to the riverfront for so many different activities like the boat races and the like. You know that I'll always always treasure. Yeah. You know, yeah. kicking your heels back down there and looking at the at the Belle Isle Bridge and, uh, you know, even just taking that little trip across the bridge to Belle Isle, David, is just so very, very special. And remembering the days growing up as a kid when my mom and dad would take me out to Belle Isle and I, I ice skated on the, on, you know, the river going through it. And it was it was just so much fun. And uh, that's where the memory started. And they'll they'll never, ever go away. Detroit's such a special place. It really is. And, you know, one of the neat things about uh, that, the Belle Isle is over the years, it again, like kind of it's it's a great example of what happened in the entire city it was this really cool great place really special place kind of fell apart mm -hmm. and then it's coming back to life it's now a state park there are all these cool things there uh, the the various buildings and such are are coming back it's it's a it's a really neat place to visit when you're in Detroit you bet and uh, they've done so much more with it too with the you know the, we used to just have the boat races right and now we've got car races on the island <laughs> so it's who to thunk it exactly yeah who to thunk exactly it so right. I know because uh, of your play-by-play -play days that you spent a lot of time at uh, Old Tiger Stadium and then when Comerica Park came in, a totally different experience for Detroit. 
Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you what, having been there for that last game and, and broadcasting it uh, from Tiger Stadium next to Al Kaline and Ray Lane and then uh, driving home plate over the site of the new Comerica Park and uh, being a part of laying that down there in the, in the home plate section, obviously, it, it was uh, it's just another one of the great memories that I have that uh, will never go away. Were you doing TV back then or radio? I was doing uh, TV at that time, yeah. yeah. I had done some radio, too, with uh, Larry Sorensen when we started out and then uh, switched over to TV. Uh, a little later when they were making some changes and uh, worked for Channel 50 in their telecasts of the games. And that was, uh, it was, it was just a ball. But of course, you, you know I appreciate it because I have a face made for radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk more about sports and, you know, the years you've spent uh, doing play-by-play and such and uh, in the next segment. But, um, you know, how do you feel about how the Detroit Tigers have kind of changed the perception of downtown? Now, the Red Wings and the Pistons downtown as well. And the Lions, they're all all downtown uh, with these beautiful facilities they really have changed the perception of, of Detroit. True, and I, I would ask people to just remember this on behalf of the Tigers, that they're the, the one team that, uh, and the Red Wings can say this too, but the, the especially the Tigers, are the team that never left town. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. They've been there. They're lifers. And yeah, well, and you think about the Illich family, when they built uh, their headquarters for Little Caesars downtown Detroit, if there's one thing that really started the comeback of Detroit. I look at that moment, and there are all these other great things, Carmonis and, and, and all those others we mentioned, Roger Pinsky, and you mentioned all these names. Yeah. Uh, they've all had such a great impact. Um, for somebody like me who grew up on the other side of the state, I've fallen in love with Detroit. I really do. There's something about a gritty city that kind of decided they didn't want to stick and keep on going in that direction, and they've come back on themselves. That's really cool. It's, it's a real credit to the citizenry, isn't mm -hmm. it, that, that, that realizes that, and, and I can't even imagine how many people have stepped in and made things better in their own neighborhoods, whether it's, you know, just by improving their own home or, you know, reporting to police when things go wrong in the neighborhood and being willing to do that and not afraid to identify perpetrators, all things that make the city better. It's all getting so cool. Well, we're going to talk more about uh, Detroit, uh, specifically sports, next, right here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan. Michigan.org. The following encore presentation of Travel Michigan is in commemoration of the life of WJR's own Frank Beckman. It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We're talking to Frank Beckman. Uh, he has officially retired from a radio after 48 years of Detroit radio. Something tells me, Frank, that, that we haven't heard the, e the end of you. Something tells me that we're going to be hearing you one way or the other in the future well. As you well. know, Dave, you, you know my love for northern Michigan, too, obviously, yeah. and uh, the way I've enjoyed helping, helping you get the word out mm -hmm. about what this state is really all about. Yeah. And uh, the station's assured me that I'll be given opportunities to do that from time to time to uh, to do broadcasts and the like. And so I really look forward to that. And not having the day-to-day -day schedule, that's all about me. But, you know, get, you, you never, ever get this profession out of your system. No. And I look forward to it, and I look forward to helping you and Pure Michigan out as much as I can uh, in every way I can down the road. I'm always available for you. Well, you know, there is always the Pure Michigan Golf Tour, so we're, we're hoping you come back. I, I, Jeff Marcero, <laughs> our sales manager, and I have talked about that, and he knows of my interest in continuing that Pure Michigan Golf Tour. Uh, I'd, I'd hate to uh, I'd hate to see it just uh, disappear because I'm not there, so 
Yeah, I'll, I'll go out of my way to be there. Well, you know, uh, so so golfing, you know, is, is so big for you, so important for you. Um, and over the years, because you've traveled around the state doing broadcasts and such, I know you've been to a gazillion golf courses. Before we talk about the actual sports teams, let's talk about that for a second. What are some of your favorite uh, golf courses that you visited around the state? Well, you've got to, you know, I start right where I play all the time, where I'm a member, and that is Indianwood Golf and Country Club. Yeah, right. Uh, and it's it's been uh, named one of the top, the old course has been named one of the top courses in the state, in the country, and, uh, and I totally agree with that. It's been my honor honored to be there uh, since about 1983 or so or 81 I can't remember which but it's been a, it's been a while and I'm I've got plenty of golf balls uh, in the in the fescue out there yeah. or the heather as people like to call it you've, in, still you've be invested found. in the grass uh, I have indeed yeah. but yeah Indianwood is where it all starts for me we've been very fortunate to have uh, golf tournaments in our state at Oakland Hills of course mm -hmm. uh, which is sort of the granddaddy of all the courses in Michigan uh, Warwick Hills and Grand Blanc which is the Buick Open and you know now has the uh, I almost said seniors tour, but uh, <laughs> the veteran players on the champions tour coming in every year. So I, I love that. And I just love that I've been able to do things for uh, for the game itself and uh, to help promote Michigan. You know, the other thing I remember uh, from from way back when is uh, I, I was a golf announcer. Did you know that? I don't know that. Yeah, we, we uh, would cover the Michigan Open up at Grand Traverse Resort at the time. And uh, Jim Branstetter and Larry Adderley would sit in a tower above the 17th tee, the par three, and I was out roving the golf course doing reports with the, with the groups we were covering. Yeah, we covered the Michigan Open on TV here, uh, and it was it was just so much fun and such a great experience. Well, Brandstatter, of course, was your, your partner with uh, University of Michigan football for, I don't know how long. Yeah, a long time. Well, 33 years, so. Was it that long? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, you know, in fact, I think back of the first time I heard you, it probably was with University of Michigan football. Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, I tell you what, there there are worse things to be remembered for. Other yeah, than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so and by the way, apologies for uh, to Michigan State fans for. I just want to say this. I still believe in what I said, but I apologize if it upset you. <laughs> They stopped the clock, Jim. There was still a second left, and they stopped the clock. Well, you know, there's always the green and white, the blue and, and gold, maize and blue, maize yeah. and blue that uh, the controversies that go back and forth. But that's what makes sports so fun. Exactly. Especially when you have uh, broadcasters who can really kind of tell those stories from their perspective. And you've done that for so many teams over the years. So in um, full-time broadcast time, you know, the, the not just filling in every so often, that was with most of the Detroit area teams. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I did the Lions regularly and uh, worked with the likes of, well, Jim Brantz there worked uh, on the Lions broadcast too for a time. And uh, I remember the late, great Charlie Sanders oh, yeah. uh, sitting next to me in the booth. And uh, it, was, it was just such a delight to meet people like this, classy people who meant so much athletically to Detroit and then, uh, and then carried it into the broadcast booth and helped to, to shape my career too. I'm forever grateful to all of them. I still remember the days of, of being out on the golf course and, and uh, going out every chance I got with Bob Lanier and Will Robinson. Do you remember Will Robinson, no. the great Piston mm -mm. Scout? He was one of the greatest scouts of all time, wow. now the late Will Robinson. But uh, he and I and Bob Lanier used to go out and play golf all the time. Ah. We'd play at Rackham and you 
know, we played everywhere you could imagine. We just we just had a ball playing golf, and uh, that was that was part of uh, of my growing into a, a real pure Michigan fan. Too. Of course, you you all spent a lot of that time in Detroit, but for U of M in Ann Arbor, did mm-hmm. you ever have any time? You kind of just kind of hang out in Ann Arbor? Uh, not as much. No, a lot less than you would think. Because when I would go up there, it would be for a specific appointment, either for a game or to go to a coach's show uh, during the week and stop in. And uh, it was very rare that I really had time to do it because I still had the job at the radio station. True. And so, you know, you had a, a lot of balls you were juggling in the air at the same time. But uh, while, while that may sound like it, uh, it, it, was, it was difficult, it was, but, you know, not, it wasn't too much. And so uh, you took pride in doing all these different jobs and and uh, lending your voice to these uh, these different projects. That well, was great. And, and I know that um, you know either for your sporting background or for your talk show uh, in Detroit, um, you you really did travel the state quite a bit. So as you went around the state, you kind of go in certain areas of the state first. Uh, let's talk about some of the regions that you visited and some of your. Um, your experiences you had, because I know you don't get to travel a lot and really experience it when you're doing this, but to some degree. So the Grand Rapids area, for instance, uh, have you have you seen many things in that area uh, that that you you you've really enjoyed? I have I've not had as much time to spend in Grand, Grand Rapids as I wish I had. I've done uh, only a, a couple of broadcasts from there, so uh, I I couldn't tell you which street is which, and you know yeah. which street you walked on, right. which restaurant, that sort of thing. Uh, and so I I apologize for that. I've been uh, I've been more of a northern Michigan guy, quite frankly, who loves coming up to to Boyne or you know loves going over to Gaylord, and uh, that that's been uh, that's been closer to my heart. Well, how could you not? And I know for for instance, you and I would meet up quite a bit at the uh, Traverse City Cherry Festival. You Let's bet. cross our fingers that that we'll be back. And Indeed, that, you know uh, I could always say that that's the place where I saw sticks. Okay. Yeah, right. I saw Sticks perform yeah. at the Cherry Festival. And then, here's the one I'm, I'm just absolutely am blown away by, is a few years ago, they had a young country singer up on stage. And uh, he was hardly heard of at the time. And now he is a true star of country music. His name is Kane Brown. Oh, sure, I know that. And name. I saw Kane Brown back when he was just starting his career, and I just, I, I'm just blown away by that thought that you know, little things like that that stick out to you, David. Well, that's actually the thing about festivals is, uh, first off, they get to kind of celebrate, you know, what they are all about as a community. But you never know who you're going to see when it comes no. to entertainment. And you know, here, let me give you another example because I just see him. Uh, he's he's going to have to leave in a moment, I think. And that's Ronnie Cyrus from the Michigan Heroes Museum. Yeah. And they've been kind enough to uh, ask me, and I've accepted to sit on their board. And uh, we're going to have our first golf tournament coming up in May, May twentieth. And that's in Frankenmuth. Yeah, that's uh, that's where the uh, that's where the Heroes Museum is. Uh, when you when you cut off into Frankenmuth, and then you uh, you go up the street, and you as soon as you get to Zenders. Uh, there's a little street that angles to the right. It's yep. Weiss or Vice yep. Street, W-E-I-S-S. Yep. And you go up that street just a short distance, and you're at the Michigan Heroes Museum on your left. And uh, it's become so very, very special to me, and I can't wait to help them in, in May. I'm glad you mentioned them because it's a great example of these small little kind of lesser-known places right. uh, and, and places to visit. And not only do we have those attractions that are kind of lesser-known, but we have communities lesser-known all around the state you that bet. people should try to explore a little bit more because you never know what you can find at these places. Yeah, and you know, you go to Frankenmuth, and uh, next thing you know, you're you're at a place uh, that's got beignets that makes their own beignets. 
<laughs> That's a Cafe Nolens, uh, free yeah. commercial right there. Have you spent much time in Frankenmuth? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, I go to Frankenmuth, and you just can't keep me away from the buttered noodles, pal. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, that's the thing. You have the two biggest family-owned restaurants right across the street from each other. Biggest in the United States. For how many years, too? Yeah, Bavarian Inn and Zenders. Right across the street. So when I am in Frankenmuth for multiple days, I always go to one, one night. Go to the other one another night. Exactly. A little bit different, but still really excellent. And then, of course, they have all the other great restaurants well, there, too. Exactly. And then when people ask you, which one do you prefer, Zenders? Yeah. Or, it's like, I can't pick. It's like picking their favorite child. Exactly you know? right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. So, um, you know, we... Um, when we go to Frankenmuth, we, we try to do that. It's one of the favorite things to do when you're there. You sure you go to Cafe Norlands now to get some of those beignets, David? Uh, the, uh, you know, I, haven't, I literally haven't been there. I will try that out. you got to try it. And, you know, get the, I, I prefer, out of all the sauces they offer, the chocolate sauce. Have you been to the new cheese shop? No, I've not. Need to check that out as well. Wow. This is the great thing about retirement, Frank. You're going to be able to do all these cool things. I'll have to line you up with a whole bunch of places it's, to visit. It sounds like I might need a new wardrobe because I'm a beginning yeah. weight. Well, <laughs> is that what happens? The COVID weight has certainly added uh, some, some pounds to me. No doubt about that. So, um, you know, very soon we're going to be able to travel freely without uh, the encumbrances that we have to deal with right now. But, exactly. but for the time being, as we get out there, we do need to uh, make sure that we're traveling safely. So just a reminder as we uh, get into the next break that uh, this is the time to start getting out there to travel safely, though. Take, take all those precautions. Wear your face mask, keep your hands clean, distance as much as possible, and above everything else, if you're not feeling well, just stay home. Come back another time. You You'll be able to enjoy it. And also you. remember, above all else, I've been waiting a long time to say this, your trip begins <laughs> at Michigan.org. I, I thought you might be going there. I, I, I like the way you're thinking. We're talking to Frank Beckman, and we'll be right back right here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. The following encore presentation of Travel Michigan is in commemoration of the life of WJR's own Frank Beckman. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We're talking to Frank Beckman, the legendary broadcaster who has now retired after 48 years in Detroit radio. Uh, really quite something. Um, and, you know, as we were talking earlier, Frank, I, I don't know anybody who's spent one radio station that long. So it's quite an accomplishment. And everybody in the travel industry in Michigan is wishing you the very best as you uh, enter the retirement world. And the great news is I'm sure they're going to still be hearing from you here and there on the radio. So you are going to have a little extra time to explore some places around the state. I know we talked about earlier, you've been to many places. You spent a lot of time, of course, in Detroit, but uh, also in northern Michigan. Have you spent much time in the Upper Peninsula? Uh, in recent years, yes. If we, as we've taken our our, uh, our tour, our Pure Michigan Golf Tour, we've added the UP to it. And uh, you know, I remember the the one year we got into uh, we got into the uh, the Lake Superior region. I can't remember which highway it is on the northern part of the. No, twenty eight probably. Yeah, it could be mm -hmm. on the on the rabbit's back. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, But it was over. It was over a hundred degrees. It was like, wait a minute, we're in the UP. Yeah. How can it be a hundred degrees? You never know. Yeah, you never but know. you get good weather up there. You got. 
have yeah. you know in your head somehow that there's always snow on the ground, but yeah. it's not like that. And it's a, a wonderful, wonderful destination as as part of uh, Pure Michigan. Uh, we just uh, we love going to uh, to all of the uh, restaurants and the uh, the island resort. Yeah, great place near Escanaba. Exactly, right yep. next door to Escanaba. And uh, mm -hmm. love going there. We always started our Pure Michigan tour up there. Two great golf courses. Oh, yeah. The, you know, their new one is uh, just out of sight. Yeah. And, uh, one of the hardest golf courses in all of Michigan. You, you think so? Oh, I, yeah. I have not golfed it yet, but I've, I've taken a tour on golf cart on it. Looked beautiful. That's it, all I it know. It is absolutely gorgeous. And then, of course, you've got gray walls up yep. in Marquette, where we go to, and uh, uh, Timberstone. I could go on and on. You start having me name golf courses, we're in trouble here. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, you've done this, you know, this golf tour as part of your broadcast. But uh, I often actually recommend that that serious golfers do something like you've done. Actually, take a tour and go from town to town, and maybe spend a, a day at a really great golf course in one town. Spend the night, you know, go to restaurants, all that. Yeah. And then maybe go to another one so you're not just playing the same one over and over and over or the same couple of courses that's really a good suggestion a great way for avid golfers to uh to vacation and you can you know you can take non-golfers along and every, the thing that i've noticed and, and i think what has made golf work in michigan dave is that uh, they realize that not everybody is a golfer and not yeah. everybody's coming up there to play golf. So you've got to provide enough other uh, enticements for folks to come and enjoy good restaurants. Uh, you know, uh, the lodging is, is first rate, uh, whether you're up here at Boyne Highlands or someplace else. And uh, I, I really just admire the way that you have promoted that and, and uh, well, our, part of Pure Michigan. You know, our resorts have done just a great job. And, and most of the resorts will have, um, you know, great golfing i mean really spectacular golfing some of them have great skiing in the winter time as well and then what they've learned to your point is they need to have uh really nice rooms they need to have really good food available many of them now have spas I mean, exactly. some pretty spectacular oh, spas. Yeah. And wait till you see what they're doing right here where we sit right now at the at the Country Club of Boyne because they are upgrading to the tune of about $40 million, uh, the facilities here. And uh, and I'm not talking about golf. I'm talking about the, the, the lodging itself and the, the restaurants. And it is going to be so special. It will be. Um, you know, the Highlands, people have known, you know, the resort for its golf for a long time. Now they're going to also know it for its facilities because it's really going to be something else. Well, well, as, as you are now heading into retirement looking for things to do, I've got some recommendations for what you. What do you got for me? I'd love to hear this. So, you know, you mentioned the Upper Peninsula. Um, one of the things you might want to do is when you cross that bridge, of course, everybody knows Mackinac Island, and mm. I know you've been there and you sure. love that. Yeah. And that's a great place. But you cross that bridge, you get into St. Ignace. And I know you, you like to um, kind of explore uh, cultures here and there. So the Native American experience is very obvious there. These, there's the Ojibwa Museum. See, that's been one of my favorite parts mm -hmm. of doing the golf tour, too, is uh, we get to go over to the island, the resort and casino, and uh, and talk to the members of the Potawatomi tribe, tribe and yeah. learn about what they face and how they developed into this uh, this great community and uh, and did what they did. It's, yeah. a, it's a wonderful story. How they, You know how they started up there with the Potawatomis? I don't and, remember. And, uh, and building that resort area? They used to have drive-up bingo. Oh, I they did know that. From their parking, they yeah. played from their cars in the parking yeah. lot. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, it's pretty neat. Well, that's that's you know one of the things you can do. In, and actually, you know, in normal times, uh, once once we kind of beat this COVID thing, the St. Ignace area is going to do a lot of things like car events, car shows, and things. That's great. So those are those are very popular. If you go a little bit farther north on 75, all the way to the Canadian 
uh, border, you will, of course, get to Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, right across the, the waterway from Sault Ste. Marie, Canada. Isn't it cool just to watch the ships come through? It is. And watch how they, they open and close the Sioux yep. locks. I mean, just little things like that that will fascinate you if you've never done it before here in Michigan. And when, when you realize how close you can get to those massive ships, they look like buildings going by. It's uh, it, That's pretty cool because that's one of the rare opportunities you get there that you don't get in many places in the world. Dave, are you like me? When you look at those ships, you say, I could drive that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't think that. <laughs> yeah, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, I could drive it, but, uh, you know, heaven help me for how many things I hit along the way. <laughs> that's a pretty neat thing. But now, it really gives you an appreciation of what these very special sailors do. Yeah, the, the Great Lakes Shipwreck Museum, just to the west of Sault Ste. Marie, and it's right there, of course, on Lake Superior. That is an awesome place as well because... You, you kind of get the appreciation factor there of what it must be like to actually operate one of those big ships in the yeah, sea. That's yeah. amazing. I've got yeah. to go up and, and visit and, and check that out. And uh, on the drive, it'll give me another excuse to stop on Highway 2. You get, you get over the bridge if you've never been to the UP, my friends. You drive over the Mackinac Bridge, and uh, you take Highway 2 going west. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, you know a nice 55-mile-an-hour drive along the way. But Beautiful. Uh, about show 20, 30 minutes into that drive on the right side of the road, you're going to hit the town. Uh, I won't call it a town. It's a community of Brevert. B-R-E-V-O-R-T. Yep. Yep. And there's a place there called the White Tail Resort. And the White Tail Resort, the restaurant there, a little tiny restaurant, has got the best pasties anywhere in Michigan. Oh, I, you know, and now that, that's a dangerous thing to say, you know. Uh, I, I know, understand. So, but let's, let's just put it this way, that my favorite place to get pasties go. There you go. Yeah, you know, there right you go. There yeah. the White Tail. Well, I look forward to checking that out. I haven't done that. Um, so, well, you mentioned that drive on two, which is basically the northern uh, edge of Lake Michigan. That's right. What an awesomely beautiful drive. Isn't it? It really is. And, uh, you know, windy days, you just you watch all the waves pouring onto shore. And then, you know, when you're driving back toward the, the Mackinac Bridge, to see that bridge for the first time on the horizon, it, it just kind of takes your breath away, doesn't it? Well, you can take, I think it's 77 north or uh, one of those routes that go north up toward Munising, end up in Munising, find Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore. Mm -hmm. If you've not taken the Pictured Rocks shoreline cruise you need to do that because that is an awesome thing to do and you know i say that to you frank but i mean it to everybody because it's really beautiful oh you bet the thing is about the up you can't go wrong just go to the up you're going to have a great time and and the people are so friendly up there true and now that you're going to have some time to spend there, you're going to be able to um, to figure all that out and kind of really, truly enjoy it. So I am, uh, I am Look out, jealous. Look yeah, out. <laughs> there you go. I am so jealous of what uh, you're about to... Um, to go through in, in retirement and all the opportunities you're going to be able to, to uh, do. I'll, I'll follow you maybe in about five or six years. We'll see. Yeah, thank you. And you know what? Thank you for being a part of today. It's been so very, very special to do this, uh, this last show from up here at Boyne and to be part of Pure Michigan uh, ourselves for the last program. For me, it seems appropriate. I hope it does for you and everybody Absolutely. listening. Sure does. I really appreciate you being on this program as well. Thank you, my friend. Uh, and uh, for all the support you've given to the Michigan travel industry. I'll so, folks, uh, that's all the time we have for Travel Michigan for this week. I'm telling you, you got to do these things that Frank's going to be doing. You're going to really enjoy it. We'll talk to you next week here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling.